Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Blaze Radio Network. And now, Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher. Here we go again. Eat bugs. Please eat bugs. Animals cause deforestation. They're the single greatest driver of deforestation with major consequences for biodiversity loss. Oh my gosh. Livestock around the world is responsible for 14.5% of all greenhouse gas emissions. Oh, oh my gosh. The horror And we talked before that uh, the World Economic Forum promoted the EU's new plan to use mealworms in food in their bid to reduce meat consumption. Yum, yum, yum. Well, now we have the public broadcasting system going to give us a show called Edible Insects. What to feed our ever-expanding world? Insects. Uh, They feed the world. Healthy. They're full of polyunsaturated fat, protein, and micronutrients. And sustainable. Insects will be a mainstream protein alternative. Too nervous? Mm-hmm. Right Not there nervous. with the seal. Wait for a taste. Mm, that's delicious. It is gastronomy is it? in the highest form. Edible insects on Nova. I can't wait for them to tell me how good insects are. <laughs> They're good to eat. They're good for me, and we can save the planet. No. No, thank you. Welcome. Welcome to Chewing the Fat. Last week I said I probably wouldn't be here uh, this week because I was going to win the, uh, well, either the Mega Millions or the uh, Powerball. And uh, you know what? I did. But no one else did. So I'm still good. I'm even with everybody. So the Mega Millions uh, is going. The next drawing. (laughs) The next drawing is tomorrow, uh, the 26th of July uh, uh, at 11 p.m. It's going to be worth an estimated $790 million. Cash Cash option, $464. Point four million dollars, and then we have the Powerball drawing, which is tonight. For those of you listening live, the twenty fifth of July, twenty twenty two, the Powerball is worth one hundred and thirty million dollars. Cash value seventy six point eight million dollars. This is not an ad for lottery, uh, but just remember, you cannot win if you don't play. And I'm up. I'm up for the week or so because I won, uh, I don't know, it was like 18 bucks or something. So I'm up. I'm up for this week. (laughs) Overall, yeah, still down. I know, I know, I know. But I look at that cash value of 76.8 million 
or that cash value of 464.4 million. And it is very difficult for me not to at least spend a couple of bucks because like I said, you can't win if you don't play. So I may not be here. Well, you know what? I'll be here. I promise. Uh, even if I win, I will be here doing chewing the fat for at least one show (laughs) just to say, love you. And, uh, you can catch me on, uh, cameo. I'll do some cameos for you. Okay. All right. Good. Of course, I'll still be tweeting at Jeffy JFR. You can catch me on Facebook and Instagram, which is Jeff Fisher Radio. I'll still be around. I just won't be around. I'll still be around. I just won't be around. Hey, the monkey pox is still among us. I know the pox is still with us. And uh, Director General Tedros and uh, WHO leadership Uh, overruled a panel of advisors on Friday or Saturday that voted against the monkeypox declaration, eight against and six in favor. So what, Tedros said, I decided. I have decided that the global monkeypox outbreak represents a public health emergency of international concern. And did I say eight against? I meant I meant nine against. <laughs> Silly. But so what? Uh, Tedros decided and that's where we're at. So it's a global health emergency. Nearly 70 countries in which monkeypox is not endemic have reported outbreaks of the viral disease as confirmed cases crossed 16,600. And uh, so now we have a global health emergency. Yay. So what does that mean? Well, I mean, it's an extraordinary event which is determined to constitute a public health risk to other states through the international spread of disease and to potentially require a coordinated international response. This is, you know, it's all about money and what we're doing here. In the United States of America, we have 2,891 confirmed cases. Um, The biggest state is New York. New York is about ready to crack a thousand. They're at 900. Um, Second place, I think, is probably Florida, 247. Georgia, ooh, Florida's bleeding over to Georgia with 211. Illinois has 238. Who has one? Uh, Texas. Texas has 107. Those are the triple digit. Uh, District of Columbia has 110. Ooh, I apologize. Uh, California is in second place with 356, 356 cases. So you've got New York, California, Florida, Illinois, Georgia, District of Columbia, Texas, all in three digits. Texas is at the bottom of the rung with 107. And, uh, you know, plenty of the other states have single digit pox cases. (laughs) So we have... uh, Uh, 74 locations, uh, 68 in countries that have not historically reported monkeypox, six in countries that have historically reported monkeypox. So, okay, 243 cases total in countries that have historically reported monkeypox. So most of the 616,836 are in countries that have not historically reported monkeypox. And of course, you you know you may or may not have heard the news. Two children were diagnosed with monkeypox in the U.S. 
um, one toddler in California and the other an infant who is not a U.S. resident but was tested while in Washington, D.C. They were described as being in good health and receiving treatment. They don't know how they caught the disease. They think through household transmission, which, you know, they, you know, you could sleep on the same sheets. I know that, uh, you know, obviously the big deal is it's mostly spreading among men who have sex with men. <laughs> I can't get the Pat Gray song uh, from uh, Barbara Streisand out of my head whenever I hear men who have sex with men. Uh, but, uh, you know, that's what the deal is right now. So in Europe, there have been at least six monkeypox cases among kids 17 years old and younger. So, you know, it is getting to, you know, depending on the teen years, it might not just be getting it from the bed sheets or other surfaces, right? Then I read an article about this from this guy who said, I literally screamed out loud in pain my two weeks of monkeypox hell. And uh, he said, I got monkeypox and it's been a total nightmare. Now, I've said all along, you don't want the pox. You do not want the pox. And, you know, you, <laughs> uh, the, the pox goo is uh, leaking and nasty. And this guy uh, is living in Brooklyn. He's from Sweden and he's worked, um, you know, the last 10 years in New York, I guess. And he makes a big deal out of his. You know, I, I focus on sexual and reproductive health and rights. And so I followed the outbreak from the very beginning and I had even tried to get vaccinated, but there just wasn't enough of vaccinations around. And I didn't have any luck. So, uh, you know, two days after his symptoms began, the rash started as anorectal lesions. Man, does that sound fun? Uh, painful sores on his anus and rectum. Oh man. Initially it was stinging, itchy feeling. I wasn't scared at this point. I was told it would be mild. Ha! (laughs) I had no idea how bad it was going to get. And then he was difficult for him to, uh, you know, get the vaccine. But he said he had a telehealth visit and uh, he, they said, okay, you need to get tested. So he went in and got tested because you, now he got the runaround about the vaccine on who can get it. Because they have the free clinics, but if you don't get it there, then you have to have a positive test result first to get the antiviral drug. Okay, so then he, you know, went ahead and uh, got the test, and he said, you know what? While I'm there, just give me a full STI panel too. I might as well know if I have any other <laughs> any other diseases going on in my body. And a uh, big surprise, yes, he does. Uh, he does have a monkeypox and he does have gonorrhea now he found out that he had gonorrhea prior to getting the positive result from the uh, monkeypox said they started out looking like mosquito bites before developing into pimply blisters that would eventually pop then finally scab before leaving a scar I had them on my skull on my face my arms my legs my feet my hands my torso my back and five just on my right elbow at the peak, I had over 50 lesions, a fever of 103, intense pain, prompting a panic attack. Yeah, no kidding. Ironically, the only place I didn't have lesions was my man part. <laughs> so he did not have fun. He did not have fun. He said the lesions, his anorectal lesions, 
were very painful and turned into open wounds. Oh, oh, honey, no. And so he finally, he had tested positive. They, he said it was very difficult. They gave him the run around. The CDC had a questionnaire when they called him, but they didn't tell him uh, where to go. They didn't want, and they were, they were, they originally called him, letting him know that he had come in contact. You know, they were contact tracing with someone who had monkeypox. And he was like, yeah, I know I've already got monkeypox, but they didn't want to, they didn't contact trace him. They went, didn't want to know where he had been really strange. I don't know what we're doing, but whatever it is, it's wrong. Okay. So, um, the ER, he started, his throat was swelling up. His tonsils were, and he said that the office said, well, probably should go to the ER with bacterial tonsillitis. Okay. And they gave him some antibiotics. So he had that, along with, you know, battling the gonorrhea plus the monkeypox. Now you think to yourself, well, how did this, did the monkeypox just come out of the air and catch this guy? Yeah, no, not really. Um, he went to a, a gathering. Um, he was aware of the monkeypox, um, especially for gay men, but he was also under the impression that the number of cases in the city was relatively small. And so, yeah, I mean, what are you going to do? So what are you going to do? Well, you go to a party, right? You go to a party. And that party was the New York Pride festivities. I know you can't, you can't not go to the New York Pride festivities, especially when he was, you know, he was working in philanthropy <laughs> for the past 10 years, right? Primarily focused on sexual and reproductive health and rights. You have to go to the New York Pride festivities. And, of course, he said that, uh, look, I had sex with several guys over the weekend. <laughs> and a week later, I started feeling fatigued. Go figure. So there's no way that you can't get monkeypox. Right? Right. And I realize it's not about men. It's not about being gay or having, you know, having uh, affections, uh, feelings for men. Because anyone could get monkeypox. I get it through contact. Uh, but the reason that it's so prevalent in the men who have sex with men and along with gay men is because they go to these pride festivities. And like he said, I had sex with several guys over the weekend. What are you going to do? Not have sex with several guys over a pride festival weekend? <laughs> no. All right, let's go to the break room. <laughs> <laughs> that's, just, that's just silly. That's just silly. It's not going to happen. <laughs> I need something cold to drink desperately. Oh. <sighs> so we got some Walking Dead news uh, this past weekend. We found out that October 2nd will be the beginning of the end. Uh, they start the final eight episodes of Walking Dead, the final eight episodes of The Walking Dead. Uh, exciting times and sad times at the same time. Exciting times, sad times at the same time. You can quote me on that. Now, we also got news that uh, Rick and Michonne are coming back for a special series. Oh, so there's going to be like a spin off show? Yeah. Well, I thought they were going to be in the movies. Uh, no, uh, the movies. Uh, we're not gonna. We're not gonna do the movies. They're gonna replace the previous plans for the Walking Dead movies. I told you, for those of you that listened to Talking Walking Dead with myself, 
Jason Buttrell and my son Maximus Fisher. Uh, I told you in that show, there's no way these movies are happening. And I was proven correct, which we will talk about, I promise you, at uh, the next Talking Walking Dead, which will either be October 3rd or we may have to do one prior to because there's some some other shows, Dead in the Water, we're coming up on uh, the beginning of the end for Walking Dead, and we've got this new series to talk about, yet to be named, uh, with Rick and Michonne. So, plus we have the uh, Negan and Maggie show to talk about, so we may have to do a special Talking Walking Dead prior to October 2nd and the uh, premiere of the final eight episodes. Just amazing times. It's going to be sad to see Walking Dead go. Is it? Yes, that's what I just said. And I see where Vince McMahon is retiring. Wow, Vince McMahon, the head of the WWE. He released a statement saying, as I approach 77 years old, I feel it's time for me to retire as chairman and CEO of WWE. Throughout the years, it's been a privilege to help WWE bring you joy, inspire you, thrill you, blah, 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 and entertain you. Yep. And we love you, Vince. Uh, it's amazing. So I guess, uh, you know, he leaves it to the daughter and Triple H, right? Stephanie and, and uh, Triple H are the two, you know, his right and left hands as far as this. I don't know how much day-to-day uh, Vince has been involved in um, in the last few years, but, uh, you know, he's been the... He's been the centerpiece to grow this, man. I mean, WWE is unbelievable in size, right? So you've got, uh, you've got, they reach over a billion homes worldwide, 30 languages. <laughs> I mean, they've got distribution partners with NBC Universal, Fox Sports, BT Sport, Sony India, and Rogers. Uh, the WWE Network includes all premium live events, scheduled programming, video on demand, available in more than 180 countries. NBC Universal streaming service Peacock is the exclusive home to WWE Network. I mean, Vince has laid all of that out, right? So, I mean, it is huge. So, <laughs> okay. All right. He also, I mean, I guess co CEO is. Stephanie McMahon and co-CEO is Nick Khan. So I guess that's not Triple H. So sorry, Triple H. You just have to be Stephanie's husband and move on with your life. <laughs> so anyway, Vince is uh, hanging it up. Hanging it up and for the WWE. And he's had a good ride. You know, so I saw a story this weekend over someone here in DFW making money renting a pool. Renting their pool to people that just come in and, you know, use their pool to swim. And so I started looking around and people are doing it. There's a big story about a guy that's making, you know, hundreds, 100, 177,000. That's what he said, uh, that he made in, in, in revenue the last two years. So what is that? Uh, that's not 177,000 a year, but just for rent, people renting your pool. So there's an app, million dollar idea, bless their hearts, uh, Swimply, uh, Swimply. I'm sure they say it swimply, uh, S W I M P L Y. It is not pronounced amorphophallus. And I thought, what a, what a, what an idea. That's a, that's a genius idea. I don't know that it'd be worth it. Right. I mean, this guy, according to swimply, uh, he's their top earner out of 25,000 pools in the U S Canada and Australia. 
So this app has 25,000 pools. Wow. It's pretty good. Now he claims he's got, uh, you know, his pool sits on a couple of acres. He's not, uh, he's not confined to a homeowners association. His wife has a barn next to the pool with rescued animals, which means that they can bring in uh, special needs kids and his, you know, property is isolated and quiet. 70 bucks an hour for five people. And if you want um, additional people in longer times, uh, you know, we change the price a little bit. Uh, the app takes 15% cut from every booking, which, you know, I guess is fine as long as, you know, the, according to, according to the man, the app is easy to use and worth it. He said he gets about 26 visits per week. <laughs> wow. That's amazing. So if you want to, you know, if you want to go swimming and you don't want to go into one of those, you know, nasty swim parks and you want to have 70 bucks an hour though, for you and five people, maybe you say, Hey, I'm bringing, I've got myself, my wife and two kids. I'll give you 50 bucks just for an hour. Wow. That seems, uh, it seems a little steep, but you get the privacy of, of a nice little pool in a neighborhood. So that's a good idea. It's a good idea. Wish I could. You know what? I'll rent. You can come to my house and I'll rent you time in my backyard and I'll spray you with my hose. (laughs) With my water hose. Get your mind. Stop it. It'll be cheaper if it's just a drive-by spray. (laughs) Just let me know. You pick a time. You drive by my house. I'll have the hose out there. You drive by and I'll spray you. And then if you want, for a couple extra bucks more, uh, you can have your kids dropped off on one end of the property where the sidewalk begins and they can run down the one sidewalk between the fence and the road and I'll turn the sprinklers on and then they can run through the sprinklers and that'll, you know, I'll charge you through the app. I like, that's another, uh, that's a million dollar idea right there or, you know, a $5 idea and nobody will do it. But it is an idea. Also, didn't we, I think last week we talked about Ricky Martin and being in trouble with his nephew and having to go down to Puerto Rico, where he had charges against him of incest and having a big sexual relationship with his nephew. And uh, Ricky said it was uh, completely false. And uh, he had, you know, he did concerned about his nephew. Well, now the judge, uh, the Puerto Rican judge, officially dismissed the temporary restraining order. And uh, they, the judge's ruling is posted a statement on Instagram with the cash, caption, Truth Prevails. And we really want my. Uh, we want my nephew to get some help for his mental issues. So there you go. Ricky Martin uh, was all a bunch of BS and it never happened. He posted a story on his Instagram that uh, spoke about the case. I'm in front of the cameras today because I really need to talk in order for me to start my healing process. Yeah, of course you do, Ricky. Uh, for two weeks, I, I, I was not allowed to defend myself because I was following a procedure where the law, Puerto Rican law, yeah. the law obligated me not to talk until I was in front of a judge and got this claims were proven to be false, but I'm going to tell you the truth. It has been so painful. It has been devastating for me, for my family, for my friends. I bet. I don't wish this upon anybody. To the person that was claiming this nonsense, I I wish him the best. 
and I wish he Do finds you. the help so he can start a new life. Yeah, he probably does. Filled with love and truth and joy, and he doesn't hurt anybody else. Now, my priority is to heal. I had to get back into and television and make some money. With music. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah, we're going to do some recording. I can't recording. wait to be back in front of the cameras. Yeah. Oh, there we go. And entertain, which is what I do best. Right. Thank you to all of my friends. Oh, no, you're Thank welcome. You, to all the fans you are welcome, Ricky. You have no idea the strength that you gave me. Well, I do. I do know the strength that we gave you, Ricky. I do. Because I... <laughs> I mean, that's got to be a nightmare, right? If you're falsely accused of something, that is a nice nightmare, especially if you're in the public eye, like Ricky Martin has been. And I mean, nobody now, I mean, he's tainted, right? When he talks about healing, he's tainted now with this. And that's not good. You you can quote me on that. That is not good. So I hope I want him to come out of this because if it truly was false accusations, and that's, you know, certainly what we're led to believe right now. He's got to come out of it with shining colors and uh, start, uh, you know, performing. Like he said, get back in front of the camera and make people forget about these false accusations. Because, again, it was not good. But congratulations to Ricky and, uh, you know, getting this uh, put behind him. And uh, good luck. God bless. Okay, in the world of who died today, who died today, it's full of animals today. Uh, the world's oldest male panda in captivity died uh, in Hong Kong at the age of 35. And when I say died, uh, apparently he wasn't feeling well, so we just put him down. <laughs> yeah, he's an old panda. He's 35. He's lived a pretty good life. And he's been here at the old Ocean Park, Hong Kong. And I don't know what, he's not feeling good. We'll just put him down. So, <laughs> the oldest male panda in captivity has been put down at the age of 35 years of age. Martha Stewart had six peacocks killed, killed, savagely killed, she said, by marauding group of coyotes. <laughs> She lives in Connecticut. She's got a compound. You can't you can't stop the coyotes? Are you kidding me? They just broke in in broad daylight and devoured her peacocks? <laughs> uh, here's an idea. Shoot them. Okay? Shoot them. Is, are those coyotes? Yes. Dead. Okay. She'd probably go to jail for that, too. Shooting coyotes, wild coyotes in Connecticut. But uh, she, was, she asked on her post, uh, any solutions to getting rid of six large, aggressive coyotes? Yes. A weapon. A gun. Oh, we're no longer allowing the peafowl out of their yard. Uh, the peafowl out of our out of their yard. We're enclosing the top of their large yard and wire fencing. So you're putting them in jail? Because the gang of coyote is out savagely eating <laughs> peacocks? We don't want the rest of them to get eaten. So, I mean, I say you put the coyotes down. Hello, humans first. Now, I realize that they're not attacking humans. They're attacking, you know, peacocks. That's what they do. 
but maybe it's time that we, uh, you know, we put them down. We can't, let's go ahead and set some traps. If you want to be nice about it, set some traps and, uh, you know, then we can ship them off somewhere if you want to be nice, or maybe you could just set some traps. And then once you catch them, you put them down and we move on with our lives. Okay. Okay, good. Then I see where a bunch of baby chickens uh, die to excessive heat at Miami Airport. Airport. I know thousands, thousands of baby chickens died from excessive heat found in a cargo warehouse at a Miami-Dade Airport uh, car- uh, cargo warehouse. An employee walked in and said, hey. Uh, what's going on with all these chickens? It's awful quiet in here. Yeah, uh, a little warm in there. So they've been loaded into a metal baggage carts. And uh, we had them out in the sun. So sorry. That had nothing to do with this warmer temperature and hot air. That's in Florida. They would do that any time of the year in Florida. Well, almost any time of the year. So they were tra- being transported to the Bahamas. So I guess they, they didn't kill them all. So the ones left over, while mentally damaged, are still being shipped off to uh, the Bahamas. So good for them. They finished their finished their trip to the Bahamas so they could grow big and be killed. But the little babies didn't make it. So sorry about it. Sorry about that. And then there was the dead shark that washed up on the Long Island beach. Uh, dead white shark washed up on the Long Island beach. Is a big old boy too. Uh, seven to eight feet washed up. And then it was on the, they called the authorities. Nobody messed with it. Nobody was taking selfies on the back of the dead shark (laughs) that I know of. And so they called the authorities and the, this is the authorities showed up and then, oh yeah, well, uh, you know, washed back out to sea before we were able to do anything. What? Yeah. So we're just letting people know if you, you know, if you're out swimming and you run into a floating dead shark. Uh, that's probably the one that washed up on shore. So you probably should just, you know, call the police or, you know, let somebody know that uh, you found the dead shark floating out in the ocean. Oh, okay. I mean, nobody could take care of it. And just sat there and watch it walk, wash back out to sea. <laughs> sad, 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 sad. And another animal that is not dead yet, but it is now on the endangered species list is the monarch butterfly now considered endangered studies estimate north american populations have dropped anywhere from 20 to 70 percent over the last decade wow, that's that's a lot the migratory monarch butterfly the danis the danis danis plexippus yeah that's what i said the danis plexippus plexippus known for his spectacular annual journey of up to 4,000 kilometers across the Americas, has now entered the IUCN red list of threatened species as endangered. For those of you wondering what the IUCN is, that's the International Union for Conservation of Nature. Duh. Wow, the IUCN red list now includes 147,517 species, of which 41,459 are threatened with extinction. Well, I mean, if they're on the list, 
Aren't they all threatened with extinction? No, Jeff. No, they are not. Uh, the Today's Red List highlights the fragility of nature's wonders, such as the unique spectacle of monarch butterflies migrating across thousands of kilometers. To preserve the rich diversity of nature, we need effective, fairly governed, protected, conserved areas alongside decisive action to tackle climate change and restore ecosystems. In turn, conserving biodiversity supports communities by providing essential services such as food, water, and sustainable jobs. Not sure what providing food, water, and sustainable jobs does for monarch butterflies, but hey, Dr. Bruno Oberly, the IUCN Director General, believes that it will. Speaking of endangered species, I see where President Joe Biden has uh, COVID-19. If you didn't know that, I'm just giving you a quick update on the on the president. He likely has the highly contagious strain of COVID-19, but as moderate symptoms, uh, they're improving. The White House doctor said uh, that the variant known as the BA5 is an offshoot of the Omicron strain that emerged late last year. Now believed to be responsible for the vast majority of the new coronavirus cases in the country. Uh, President Biden's physician uh, said that uh, uh, Biden's earlier symptoms, including a runny nose and cough, have become less troublesome. Uh, He did mention a sore throat and body aches. His vital signs, blood pressure and respiratory rate remain entirely normal. His oxygen saturation levels are excellent with no shortness of breath at all. Uh, his lungs remain clear. The results of the preliminary DNA sequencing that uh, indicated Biden is infected with the BA5 variant do not affect his treatment plan in any way. And so he tested positive for the virus uh, Thursday morning. Oh yeah, because we it was uh, announced uh, it was announced Thursday. And listen, you know he has uh, been isolating at the White House. Uh, residents, uh, administration officials have emphasized that his symptoms are mild because. He has received four vaccine doses, and he started taking the antiviral drug Paxlovid uh, after becoming infected. Isn't that great? Because I see where Dr. Burks, uh, Dr. Deborah Burks, uh, has been quoted as saying, I knew these vaccines were not going to protect against infection, and I think we overplayed the vaccines. And it made people then worry that it's not going to protect against severe disease and hospitalization. Huh. Isn't that strange? So we're still making a big deal out of President Biden being vaxxed and boosted, but the doctors that were a part of the presidential team, yeah, we knew uh, they really weren't going to protect against the infection, but yeah, we went ahead and said it anyway because we wanted it to happen. Oh, okay. Uh, That's great. That's perfect. All right, a couple of emails to the show, which you can do if at any time, if you wish, uh, chewing the fat at theblaze.com. This email from Jesse. Uh, I have to get a little angry. Oh, my gosh. Uh, this is under the subject line, Jeffy, I love you and your show, but, oh, boy, anytime you get a butt, you can quote me on that. Anytime you get a butt. I have to get a little angry about your take on the little girls at Sesame Place. The person 
who was in costume, blatantly said no to the two little black girls and hugged the little white girl next to them. What does that tell those little girls? You're different, and I prefer the white child over you. And this wasn't the first time this has occurred there. Sesame Place, more like Sesame Racist. <laughs> uh, you know what? Uh, the, originally, uh, I was kind of on, come on, quit your whining. What are you doing? Let's just get over it. And their response was that, you know, the character uh, blew off picking up a kid uh, behind the two little girls. So he wasn't really blowing off the two little girls. There's new footage now that shows that that really wasn't the case. Uh, really kind of wasn't the case. And it looks more like uh, it was a, a thing where I'm not going to high five the black girls. I don't know. They really, you see the footage walk by, you see the two girls, you don't see anyone behind there. Uh, they still, the attorney is after them. Uh, he, the attorney claims he has other, other cases too. Um, so that where this place has proven to be, uh, races, which is amazing because they have so many African-American people, uh, coming to this park and to be treated like that. No, uh, that, that can't stand. So I'm with you, Jesse. I'm with you. Uh, my take was, uh, originally off of the first video I saw, which was, I thought was a little misleading because you never can tell with that short a time period. When I saw the other video from across the way, it does look like Sesame Place. Uh, well, what's the word I'm looking for? A lie. And so they're going to deal with it. They said they were dealing with it. We'll see. They're going to deal with it for sure. Thanks to this lawsuit. That's for sure. And you're right. Uh, it does. Uh, it is not good for those little girls to be treated that way. Uh, no question. Uh, I, I'm 100% with you on that. So, you know, am I going to bend the knee and say I'm sorry? All right, fine. There. I'm sorry. All right. You happy? <laughs> I mean, it's incredible that this happens in today's world. Just incredible. Right? I mean, how does it? You're a Sesame Street character. You're walking down the street. There's little kids with their hands up to give you fives. Your job is to make these kids happy and high five them. Now, are you going to miss some? Absolutely. Are you you're going to miss some? Are you going to go buy some? Or is, is what they said happened originally? Could that happen? 100% that could happen. But it doesn't look like this is what happened in this particular case. And if this attorney has more cases, like he says he does, uh, of this type of behavior from these Sesame Street characters, completely, 100% unacceptable. No question about it. Then I got the email from uh, John. Do I want to leave you with this email today? It's a little bit of a joke. It's an adult joke, but it made me laugh. And I thought, you know, you could take this with you uh, today, the 25th of July. Uh, email from John. I apologize for not recognizing your affinity for food, but I'm reminded about a very old joke. I'm not quite sure what that means, but I just want to go with the joke. I apologize for not recognizing your affinity for food, but I guess recognizing your affinity food, but I'm reminded about a very old joke. Okay. Uh, I'm not sure what John is referring to, but you know what? Uh, apology accepted. Okay. All right, fine. I'll accept your apology for not recognizing my affinity for food there. 
And so I guess my fatness reminded him of this joke. I guess. I'm not sure. It really doesn't have much to do with with fatness, but okay. So back in the early 50s, a traveling salesman was on the back roads of Iowa and saw a billboard which read 50 miles to Grandma's Whorehouse. He didn't believe what he saw, but the next one said 25 miles to Grandma's Whorehouse. Now, he's interested because he's been on the road for a while and could use a little business. Uh, Next billboard said uh, only 10 miles to Grandma's Whorehouse. 10 miles later, he pulls off into a farmhouse with a sign reading, grandma's whorehouse he goes to the front door and rings the bell a diminutive older lady comes to the door and without a word waves him into the parlor she hands him a photo album with pictures of attractive ladies he selects one and gives the old lady the amount on the picture she points to a door at the end of the hallway he hurries down goes through the door which he closes and locks behind him and on the back of the door is a sign you have just been screwed by grandma Have a good day. Stream and subscribe to more Blaze Media content at theblaze.com slash podcasts.